Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Christians are all a bunch of hypocrites, she blurted out in the middle of a conversation about something else during one of our rare meetups for coffee. What do you mean? I asked, bewildered by her accusation. Have you seen the members of the Westboro Baptist Church? She asked, showing up at people's funerals to protest and waving signs of hate. What's loving or Christian about that? You have a point, I agreed. Their behavior doesn't represent Christ very well. And what about those anti-abortion Christians who say it's wrong to kill babies, but think nothing of blowing up adults who work at abortion clinics? Another good question. Or even worse, the Christians who won't admit our country has a racial injustice problem. I understand where you're coming from, I said quietly. I know I act with hypocrisy more times than I'd care to admit. Oh no, she exclaimed, horrified. I wasn't trying to say you're a hypocrite. Sadly, I think I am, I confessed. If a hypocrite is someone who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs, I'm guilty as charged. But you don't do any of those things I've been reeling against, she assured me. Maybe not, I told her, but I certainly failed to love like Jesus all the time. She glanced at her watch, and I'm a little embarrassed that our coffee date degenerated into me complaining about Christian hypocrites, and now I have to go. It's fine, I assured her as I stood to give her a hug. Let me know when you can meet up again. You know I love catching up with you. Her phone rang and she nodded and waved as she hurried out the door. I sank back into my seat and stared at my now cold latte, realizing that hypocrites come in all shapes and sizes. Jim Jones, Jim Baker, Ted Haggard, Bill Gothard, Doug Phillips, Jimmy Swaggart, King David. Well, each of these men did mighty things for God at one point in their lives, they all share something in common. Meteoric falls from their high positions when someone uncovered their hypocrisy. Some fell alone, and others took hundreds of innocent people with them. Hypocrisy happens on small scales, too. The way I'd get tired of telling kids what time it is when they ask for the 5,000th time while I'm supervising the playground. And so I lie and tell them I don't know. Or the way I thought I didn't struggle with white privilege just because I grew up poorer than most people I knew and didn't have a problem with people of other races. And so I minimalized people's feelings of unfairness and inequality. Or the way I grew up vegetarian and felt superior because I didn't eat meat. But I struggled with eating too many sweets and using food to numb my pain. But heaven forbid I use alcohol or drugs to numb my pain. Maybe you can relate to some of these hypocrisies, too. We give Christ a bad name when we call ourselves Christians and don't make any attempt to keep growing more Christ-like. The process will take a lifetime, but we can't let ourselves stagnate along the way. When we make a public stand to become a Christ follower, we often adopt a religious creed and join a church. After all, the Bible urges us to meet together. But we stop there. Instead of outlining a plan for spiritual self-care and growth, we follow our church's recipe for success. We exchange investigation for indoctrination. Don't get me wrong, indoctrination happens with any organization, whether it's McDonald's or your church. 
whether secular or religious. So today I'm going to talk about how to set spiritual self-care goals and keep growing more like Jesus. Everyone knows a pond without input and output will stagnate, but we forget how this applies to our spiritual lives. It's easy to ride the go to church twice a week and I'm saved wave, but God doesn't save churches. He saves individual sinners. Applying the after-action review structure to your spiritual self-care goals will help you get off the wave and deepen your walk with Christ. Or, in my case, help me learn to enjoy meeting with other believers. I'll leave a link in the show notes to Army and Training Circular 2520, which shares the four steps in an after-action review. They are planning, preparing, conducting, and following up. So it seems kind of strange, but you do need to plan on improving your spiritual life. For many of us, churches form the center of our spiritual life. Bible studies, Wednesday night prayer meetings, weekend services, community outreach, and fellowship with other believers can all play a huge role in our spiritual self-care. But have you ever considered how each of these activities nourishes your spirituality? I look at the list of possible churchy activities and cringe. So many opportunities to spend time with people. I like people in small quantities and small doses. For years, I thought I wasn't much of a Christian because I couldn't get excited about all the opportunities to serve or attend all the things. But church doesn't make us spiritual. A relationship with God makes us spiritual. And I've retreated from church attendance as much as possible. And COVID-19 has helped me get away with it. But the longer I avoid worshiping with other believers, the more I realize I need balance. My spiritual self-care routine falls heavily on the side of individual Bible study. Not a bad thing. But Hebrews 10.25 urges us to not give up on meeting together. So for spiritual self-care, I'll use the example of having a healthy relationship with church. I know I have felt resentful in the past because I feel as if I'm expected to go to all the things. And for me... That's too much peopling. So the Army starts their planning process with a before-action review, where you identify the task or what actions to take, then the purpose, why it's important, the intent, which is a statement of goals, and then the end state, what the desired result is. So here's my example. My task is to fellowship with my church family once a week. Purpose, to give and receive encouragement from fellow believers. The intent. I will find ways I am comfortable worshiping with other believers in order to give and receive encouragement as well as study the Bible. In state, by June, I will have participated in 16 church events, small groups, meetings, or services, and decided which one helps me the most with my spiritual self-care. As you can see, I plan on going to 16 different events and then doing an after-action review after each one of them to see which one helps me the most in my spiritual self-care. Part number two of the after-action review process, careful preparation makes it real. As a homebody, dragging myself out the door to a church event will require a lot of forethought and planning. For a small community in church, we actually have a wide variety of options. On Friday nights, the women usually fellowship together for several hours. I enjoy these events when I attend, but I struggle to stay up that late. Getting enough sleep the night before will help me. I could also attend a small group Bible study on Wednesday nights, a Bible study on Saturday morning, or the regular weekly church service. Once I see all of my options, I will select the ones I want to attend each week and schedule them in my planner. 
Hack number three, conducting the after action review. Decide ahead of time when you will conduct your after action review. The Army uses both informal and formal AARs, but the magic lies in when they take place, immediately after the training exercise. But for an individual wanting to adopt the after action review concept, you'll need to decide how often you want to conduct a review daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly, yearly. When I set goals, I review my progress weekly, quarterly, and annually. I'll check my progress once a week. I'll try an event and analyze what I like and dislike about it, how it makes me feel, and whether or not I feel spiritually nourished by participating. At the end of the month, I'll decide which one, or ones, I want to make a regular part of my life. And hack number four, don't forget to follow up. At the end of four months, I will have a clearer picture of what nourishes me spiritually as far as meeting together with other believers goes. If I feel that nothing really meets my needs, I will consider starting something that does, because surely I am not the only one with ambiguous feelings about church. We need community and diversity of ideas in order to keep growing spiritually. It may take some searching to find the right small group or activity, though, but if we don't try an experiment, we'll never know. Here's some spiritual self-care ideas that might help you get started. Maybe you're one of those people who loves all things churchy, and you tend to avoid individual Bible study in favor of attending all the programs your church has to offer. Or perhaps you struggle with your church's way of worshiping or doing things. Spiritual self-care means we take notice of these trends and work to enrich our spirituality in whatever way it seems lacking. Spend some time in prayer thinking about how God might want you to grow spiritually this year. These ideas may help you. Bible studies. There are many free Bible studies available online. You could study different worship styles. You could read A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. You could join a Bible study fellowship group. You could commit to reading through the Bible in one year. You could journal daily and include gratitude, response to the Bible, and prayer time altogether. You could start a prayer journal. You could select a variety of books from different authors, which will help you understand the Bible better. You could analyze your motivation for going to church and attending church events. You could learn to say no when someone from church asks you to do something. Sometimes we confuse busyness with closeness to God. So don't forget the four hacks for improving your spiritual life. You need to have good planning, which includes identifying a task, a purpose, an intent, and an end state. Hack number two, you need to plan carefully in order to make it real. Hack three, you need to bake in an after-action review. And hack number four, you need to follow up. Whatever you choose to do, remember that spiritual self-care requires intention and a plan to help us make progress. Come back next week when I talk about the mental health benefits of getting enough exercise. And June is the perfect month to start. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.